I went into Roots Cafe the other day and I ran into a friend of mine who I happen to know is clean and sober and he was sitting with his nephew who I also learned is in sobriety and I told him about our podcast Liars, Thieves, Gluttons and Whores and he just loved the title and said oh I want that on a t-shirt and I said well stories about addiction we might oh stories about recovery too mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart sensitive people into liars thieves gluttons and whores liars and thieves and gluttons and whores oh liars thieves gluttons and whores oh my liars thieves gluttons and whores oh my liars thieves gluttons and whores oh my Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are on the air with me, Nancy Adair, the host and creator of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores, the podcast that brings you stories from both the dark side and the light side of addiction and recovery. Today, I'm really thrilled to have with me a guest. His name is Joey, and I met him playing my new favorite sport, which is pickleball. Hi, thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, so what excites you about being on a podcast that's called liars thieves gluttons and whores i mean just the name the name is amazing love it um yeah it really excited me it's that's it's pretty exciting i love the names and it just brings me back to like my former life so it's pretty amazing and what makes it a former life well i i've been sober for um about six and a half years now. So, you know, former. It's like a lifetime ago, I guess. It does feel that way, doesn't it? You know, six and a half years sounds short to some in terms of recovery. And yet every day feels like a miraculous day. And that's one of the things that I've heard. Only self, never self to others. How old are you now, Joe? I am 33 years young. <laughs> You're half my age. <laughs> and I'm 66 years young. And I got sober at 24. So six and a half years you got sober 26 it's a good time yeah yeah love it and i found it very trying to get sober i mean i didn't find it trying to get sober at 24 i got sober and stayed sober with one relapse in there very early bride however everybody was drinking like yeah. hard to build unity around at least without making any effort is what i really wanted to do <laughs> yeah so what was the defining moment when at 26, you thought, I really give this up? I mean, there was a couple jackpots. I mean, we'll, we'll get into like, so real life, uh, eight years ago, the day after Father's Day, my dad died in my arms. Uh, and then I went to jail for trafficking fentanyl with my mother. Um, and that wasn't enough. And then I seen a girl get beat almost half to death. That wasn't enough. Um but it wasn't until like a couple weeks after that, I went to detox a couple of times and I was just like, I can't live like this. I, I, you know, I hadn't showered for like two weeks, everything I owned in a backpack. Like I went from like a, you know, I, I want to be not modest when I say this, but like I said, you know, I was a trafficker of, of drugs, a lot of, um, and it's not cool to say that, but like, you know, going from, I guess you could say a lavish lifestyle. Like I didn't have like Bentleys or Beamers or anything like that, but like I didn't run out 
you know what I mean? And I didn't know what being sick was or what that life was. Like I was a product of my environment. So eventually it got to a point where I like burned pretty much every bridge that I had out there. Um, and I just was sick and tired of being living like that, waking up sick every day, going to bed sick every day, wanting to kill myself, uh, you know, having homicidal thoughts, all that stuff, you know, it was just bad. So I was ready to change my life. And it was the greatest, you know, decision I ever made. Yeah, you know, someone, I ran into a friend of yours playing pickleball as well. And uh, he really looked like my nephew. It was odd. I was, uh, you know, across the court. I really remind my nephew. And I said something. He said, oh, how old is your nephew? I asked him his age. And 30, he said, my nephew died just over a year ago from an overdose of heroin. Now, sorry to hear that. He said the same thing. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. He said, I'm at as a heroin addict. And I was like, it, it just almost felt like a rebirth, you know, of yeah. uh, part of what I'm doing with this whole show. I, I want to reap all that. Like nephew didn't have that opportunity. I mean, certainly had the opportunity. It was at going AA like every good addict. Yeah. That, that would last. That's right. It's hard. You never know. And what you do know is that a life covering the worst day is better than best day. Right. <laughs> I mean. Stop. We wake up so early and go play pickleball. Like, dude, I have a life second to none. I'm on like four softball teams. I play pickleball almost every day. I um I play basketball twice a week. You know what I mean? I sponsor. You know, I I I have a very good life. You know, very good. I'm in. I'm sitting in my own apartment, my own one bedroom apartment. The bills are paid. Cars registered, insured. Um. I'm not on a burner. You know, you were talking about funny stories, dude. My cell phone when I got popped was under a name Earl Sanchez. Like, <laughs> that's that's how I lived my life, you know, um, just crazy. And, you know, gifts of recovery, like my grandfather, I went to his uh, funeral yesterday and I was the first one there at the wake, you know. And uh, I showed up and all my family said they were proud of me. And, and I got something from my aunt that was my grandfather's that he never took off. And um, wow. You know, for them to say they were proud of me, like I'm able to be present today. My other grandfather died about a year ago. I was at his bedside, both their bedsides the day before they died, kneeling and praying for them. Um, and I was able to be present for the family, you know, be a good nephew, a good grandson um, and show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I never thought respond. Right. Oh, I know. Ugh. And that discipline would create freedom. Like, yeah, yeah. The concepts that just did not make any sense to me at all. Right. Yeah. Me either. You know, on a much heavier note, you said that your dad died. Yeah. Uh, what's that story? How did your dad die? How old you? What? Uh, so I was, uh, I mean, what was eight years ago? I was like 24. I have, no, I was 20. No, yeah, I did. I was 24. Um, I was living in this so-called sober house. And, uh, you know, I used to sell dope to the manager. You know, uh, I smoke crack. I do everything, selling drugs there, all this stuff. And then uh, my mom and I got into a fight over a car. And my dad told us to go to the store to get a hot dog, get some medicine. We came back. He was barely breathing. I tried to give him CPR, resuscitate him. He died of a blood infection. Um, like I said, the day after Father's Day, you know, his body was just shutting down. He had one lung, five knee operations. He had, had lung cancer. Um, yeah. And I mean, devastating, right? You know, day of his funeral, like my day of his funeral you know my mom dude crazy shit the crazy life we live like day of the funeral my uncle's like are you gonna cut it out that night the da raids my buddy's house they let my mom and i go they arrest him and his girlfriend and you know he just got out of the feds he's living in california she's living in california they just had their second baby they're doing great she's been sober he's been doing great 
She opened a yoga studio out there, but like it just comes full circle. And uh, um, yeah. And now the crazy part is my, uh, you know, one of my spiritual advisors will say he actually, my buddy bought that house the day, like a week before my dad died and he was turning around, kicked everybody out. And now one of my spiritual advisors actually runs a rehab center there and it's a, a well-known sober house now. Um, and I've sponsored guys that have lived there. Um, it's just crazy how it comes full circle, but yeah, man, it was, it was, it was bad. It was bad. You know, my buddy was getting married the next week. I was one of the best man in his wedding and I was just all messed up. Like, you know, made the wedding about me, you know what I mean? Like poor me. Um, and now I'm able to show up, you know, I had, a uh, one of the people under me in my life will say one of the guys I help in certain ways. Um, he, you know, he got married. I was able to be in his wedding. He asked the wedding. Amazing. Dude, I'm just, I just have such a good life today. Such a good life, you know? You know, um, you were just describing, Joey, too. It's not only the ability to show up, it's being invited. <laughs> right, right. That's the thing. I was invited to come, you know, which is amazing. Who was it that is now doing a yoga studio? Uh, my friend, she lives out in California. So she got popped that night at my dad's funeral and literally went to jail, then went to rehab in California and never left. Yeah. Went to a treatment center, worked in a treatment center, and then ended up, you know, making her life out there. Pretty cool. What happened to your mom? Uh, my mom, you know, she actually took me to my first meeting and, uh, you know, she's doing all right. She lives up the street from me now. You know, I was with her earlier, went to a meeting, uh, you know, she's living a way better life than she was. Um, yeah. So no, she's doing all right. My family too. The only ones of us that survive are in recovery. Yeah. And yeah. Way of life. The, I mean, my father's death was a blessing, you know, a curse and a blessing, but kind of crazy to say that, you know, but it's true. Well, it was on the heels of my dad's death that I got so I'd been sober a month. He died right after that. And I have grieving sober is a, or a whole new experience. Yeah. I never did it my whole life. So being sober, it's like a million times different. I mean, there are reasons why we use drugs work either make our life feel better uh, in the moment or to to avoid pain you know, to yeah pain. It's my experience yeah to to because i was bored and i didn't want to live life i didn't want to feel my emotion yeah that's one of the things that someone um when i was working as a counselor inside of rehab inside of a hospital this um, woman was saying the the best part of sobriety is feeling the worst part is feeling. <laughs> yes yes very true very true i also had this experience um this years ago uh i had a dream in which i talked to my my dad about his own and told him that whatever he was doing just really drink and drive he did you know hurt somebody else thing was a real con nothing ever and it felt like fruition of a man through a dream so what are some of the highlights of <laughs> you know either the stories that you tell you you've shared quite a few of them uh, or the highlights of recovery wow man i have so many war stories too um just crazy things that have happened but like it's all insanity right like it is all insanity i mean crazy crazy things that you can't even like my life was like a movie you know get pulled just but as far as recovery goes like you know you know i was welcomed back into that home that i got busted in that was actually my grandfather's house that i got busted for trafficking fentanyl you know and they told me one day when i was pushing a cart working a get well job my aunt's like you can come home we love you you know, uh, that was after two years of sobriety. Um, and that was uh, a defining moment for me. Um, yeah. Um, just like the small things, you know, like my aunt yesterday, like telling me and my uncle and the other people in the family, like telling me they're proud of me, you know, like 
you know, you can't buy that, dude. You can't buy it. Um, no, and yet you have worked. Yes, yes, I have worked for it. Um, sorry, I'm getting like choked up. Um, I can see it, and it. it's beautiful, Joey. It really is. Yeah. Because what you just said was a small thing is not small at all. Yeah, my uncle, who doesn't show like love or compassion, you know, he hugged me yesterday. Or so my my aunt's husband yesterday grabbed me. You know, he's like, you know, your dad is really proud of you, and he would be proud of you. And he is proud of you, and I broke. You know, like my dad never saw me sober. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, do you believe that spiritually that your dad? does see that you're sober yeah yeah it's hard because i never grew up you know so like it's really hard um so that's a beautiful thing um like i said i've been invited to weddings you know i was invited to another wedding recently my buddy's like dude i'm getting married don't think you won't be invited i need john travolta out there because i'm like i'm a dancer you know i get everybody riled up uh you know oh, i like i said i play softball pickleball like i you know all the blessed, like the materialistic thing, the material things, like I have, them, you know what I mean? Besides owning my own house, like that will come in time in God's plan, not mine, you know, God's time. Um, my sponsee and his wife bought me a cat, you know, which was really cool. Uh, you know, I have a relationship with my mother today, all my family, you know, they all love me. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Like I can't really express the love and care that I have in my heart and the peace and freedom. That's what I would say, right? Like I don't care about the car, the money, all that stuff it doesn't that doesn't really matter it's more the peace and the contentment in my heart and i can lay down at night and be sober um and i get an opportunity every day to be a better person than i was the day before you know um so yeah i mean there's so many like i can't like like literally spiritual experiences first time i went to speak at an aa meeting we showed up and i was like what are we doing here and it was in a building next to my my dad's grave like that's crazy you know so yeah i mean dude i just have so many blessings uh i've went to california you know i've went to florida i've loved i've lost i've laughed i've cried i really enjoy pickleball as you know it's a blast you know you know i'm a i'm a real i'm a dancer too like, I, oh you are ballerina dance floor yeah. um, it's a big part of my life in sobriety is dance. Enjoy that pickleball. And you mentioned being on several softball. Um, do you work? I do work. Yes, yes. I knew you were going to get there, weren't you? <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, so uh, obviously you want to know. So I work for a company. Uh, I won't say the name, but I work for a company working I'm a, I'm a certified, I'm an internal certified support specialist. So I work with people who suffer from substance abuse, mental illness, and experiencing homelessness, um, you know, at the current time. And the, the beauty of it is that, you know, I never thought I'd be here. I celebrated five years sober and I was working at the same detox I went to in the same room. And I sat there and I cried, you know, uh, just blessed, overwhelmed, you know, the only person in the room, just me. You know, people walked in like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, I was here five years ago. You know, like you don't even know the things you're going to go. Uh, so, yeah, I, I try and give back to the best of my ability. I work for a nonprofit um, and I'm right on the, the dirty, grimy street level. You know, most people from the outside view would call it that. I call it the beautiful institution, you know, uh, the war zone. But I'm comfortable in that, right? Like, you ain't going to scare me, dude. You can't scare me. I don't care how loud and tough you are, waving a gun, doing whatever. I'm like, dude, and I'll come out. 
I dress in track suits and stuff now because when I first started, I would dress up like nice button up khakis and they'd be like, what are you, a cop? And I'd be like, listen here, boy, I've sold more drugs and seen more drugs than you'll ever do in your lifetime, you know? Um, but that's the truth. You know what I mean? I got to speak my truth and I got to show up. It's not a bragging point. It's just like, listen, I've been there and I know what you're feeling. You're not alone. You know, that's that's why I do the work I do so they can know that they're not alone. And maybe I'll meet, reach one out of a hundred, you know? Um, but yeah, I like to give back. And are there any other messages that you'd like to impart on our listeners? Yeah, just if you're struggling, man, don't give up. Like, do not give up. Hold on to your seat. Reach out for help. Uh, There's many, you know, 12-step programs or meditation or yoga or support groups. Uh, You know, shout out to therapy, you know. Um, just like, just reach out, you know, cause if you think people don't care, they do, you know, call a treatment center and, and tell them you don't have money or whatever. They might not be able to get you in, but they definitely, if they care, will help you with a resource, you know, shout out to the PRCC, like Portland recovery community center. There's wonderful people that work there. Um, you know, just don't give up the fight, please. You know, do not give up the fight because i was all alone i had nothing but people didn't give up on you know so i don't want to give up on anybody um yeah the truth is you weren't alone you just thought you were alone right correct yeah so yeah i think that's that's my message that's what i got i mean we could talk all day about the war stories i could tell you that i got some crazy ones but we don't need to go a single one that you want to share before we conclude Oh boy, there's so many. I mean, so many close encounters. I I don't really know. There's a couple that come to my mind, but I just all right. Choose one of those couples here because it is funny. You know, it's not <laughs> so. So I was living. There's two different times. You know, I was living. There was like actually three or four that I was living in hotels and I should have been busted. And this one time, I was sitting there. I was sitting there getting high and. uh I was in my boxes on my bed and I had this little plate and I would like scrape the pills up and do them. And I had like three or four baggies. I was in my boxes. I hear a knock on the door. I got in a fight with my parents and uh, his knock on the door. And uh, I get up and I crammed a couple of the baggies and I uh, it was the cops. Right. And, and they just like pushed their way in, you know, and they're questioning me. They're starting to look around. I had like threw the blanket over the other stuff and they're looking around, they're looking around. And the phone goes off and it was my dad. And I answered the phone and I was like, hey, and he's like, I just wanted to tell you I love you. I'm sorry about fighting with you. You know, can we just not fight? Um, dude, my dad saved me probably 10 years with that phone call. And he's like, why do you sound weird? I'm like, listen, the cops are here. Da, da, da. He goes, put him on the phone. And I was like, oh, and you can hear him screaming. He's like, you got an effing warrant? And they're like, no, there was, you know, drug talk. Da, da, da. He's like, I said, do you have a warrant? He's like, I'll be back there in five minutes. Get the hell out of my son's room. And like, dude, they just turned around, tucked their tails and walked away. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, there was another time where like we were fighting. We were all, you know messed up and the cops just tried to barge in the room tried to search he's like i heard you saying you had x amount of da 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 right and like you can't scare me so the cops like leave and my guy was coming down from somewhere and i just went to another hotel and met him and then the cop pulled up put his spotlight on the car and then just kept driving here's a good one though one more one more good one. Oh, i got so many so when i was finally going to jail they arrested me popped me whatever indicted me two years later this and that and uh so on my way you know the day I was supposed to turn myself in at 9 a.m., I went with my buddy to meet a dealer to get some more stuff. And like, dude, a cop followed us for like miles. We pulled in, met the guy, went back, caught, followed me for miles. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to go to jail before I even get to like 
take do what I need to do, right? Doesn't scare me. Go to the house, do what I got to do. I'm supposed to turn myself at 9 a.m., okay? So my buddy picks me up, dude. I'm drooling on myself. He picks me up to bring me to jail. I got a bunch of stuff on me. I'm like, pull over. I get in a parking lot, dude. I start getting high. A cop pulls up, puts his light on us, and then just keeps driving. Doesn't scare me, dude. I hop out of the car, walk inside to Hannaford, go in the bathroom, keep getting high like it's nothing. And then I go to the jail, and I'm literally out in the parking lot, dude, tossing up pills, snorting stuff, smoking stuff, all this stuff. And then I'm just like, I took a couple of Suboxone after that, you know, and then I was outside of the jail smoking two cigarettes at once, like just the insanity, you know. For insanity. It was pure insanity, dude. Um, uh, I don't know. I probably should. I don't want to incriminate myself, so I won't talk about that. And all I can think of is the withdrawal jail. Dude, I woke up two days later because I ate the Suboxone after I did it all and instant withdrawals. I mean, I was like, uh uh sick 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 for days yeah so yeah but that's that's my little snippet you know if you think you're not worth it you're worth it you know don't give up because i was as far down the rung as you can go i think another thing that uh you've said that i really want to emphasize never too late to grow no no nope and I'm working on it every single day. Well, more power to you, Joey. Thank you so much for being here on Liars, Thieves. Thank you, Nancy. It's always a pleasure to see you and talk to you. Do you suppose we'll hear stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? Mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Are you a fan of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores podcast? Do you want to support the show and show off your love for LTGW? Look no further than You Can Do Merch Store, brought to you by host and creator, Nancy Adair. 